Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Art Show podcast, where we interview different artists and we deep dive into the different artworks that they have done. This week, we have a very interesting guest, which I'm very, very, very excited to talk to. Her name is Christina Kutralakis, and she is a very well-known poet. Um, today she's going to be talking about her poem, which is called That Isn't Proper Grammar. So, without further ado, Christina Kujalakis, are you there? Hello? Hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's an honor to be um, interviewing you today. Um, how are you? How are you feeling? I'm doing great. Um, I've been such a big fan of the show, so I can't even believe that I'm actually here. Um, and I just can't wait. I can't wait to um, to get right into it. Okay, perfect. Well, without further ado, um, you said that you are going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at your poem called This Isn't Proper Grammar. Um, so why don't we uh, begin with you telling a bit about um, the inspiration behind this poem, um, and yeah, why you wrote it. Yeah, so this poem is actually about my experiences learning French as a second language. Um, a bit of a backstory, I learned French um, at a French immersion school in Ontario, um, and then I moved to Montreal, and I've been living here for about four years, and uh, for those who don't know, Montreal is a bilingual city, so a lot of people here speak French. And so this poem is basically about my experiences, how I learned in about the context of how I learned French and how um, it has transferred into um, my experiences in Montreal in this kind of like French city and how I uh, was prepared to be able to speak French here. Um, and so I basically... Um, wrote this poem with those experiences in mind, as well as second language acquisition theories. Um, when I learned about second, second language acquisition theories, it kind of, in my mind, so many things clicked about why I learned French a certain way, why I had certain challenges, and everything kind of made sense. And it... Um, really inspired me to write this because I grew so passionate about learning languages because for anyone that has learned a second language and has struggled, learning these um, language acquisition theories, it kind of puts it into perspective. It kind of um, realize that you're maybe not crazy for doing this or for feeling this way, but there's actual scientific evidence behind this. Um, I know I'm being very vague, but that is basically the rundown of um, what uh, inspired this poem. Okay, very interesting. Um, so you said this poem was uh, informed about certain theories. Could you please elaborate on like what those theories are um, and yeah, how they inform this poem? Yeah, so um, the two big theories that kind of informed um, or inspired me to write this poem was first like the usage-based approach um, as well as the sociocultural uh, language theory. And so like starting off with the usage-based approach, that one basically, um, that concept is about how, where the learner is surrounded by, like 
the way language is used around them kind of um, basically impacts their use of it. So, for example, uh, me in a French immersion school when I was little, um, just having teachers around speaking a language, just having peers that are speaking the language, I pick up on things that don't necessarily need to be explicitly explained to me. For example, uh, a big one was the gender of objects like a table, a chair. When people are speaking it around you, you kind of pick up on those things. Um, and actually a study was found where a computer simulation was used and language was used, um, like the computer was exposed to this language and they did find that this computer simulation did begin like detecting patterns in the language. And that's basically what happens the child or whoever is like surrounded by that certain language, they start to make connections and they can apply these connections into their language. And with the use of those associations, they can start learning it. And so that's basically what had happened when um, like I was learning French. And then I can apply that into my experience in Montreal, because when you are learning French in a French immersion school, uh, taught by mostly second language uh, French, teachers who also had French as a second language, it is a very specific um, type of French. When I moved to Montreal and I'm talking to native French speakers, it was very different. So being surrounded by a different French population in Montreal, I've also been exposed to different language and therefore I've picked up um, maybe different expressions, different slang, um, and that is not explicitly taught to me it is just associations that I've made in my brain and I'm able to use in my day-to-day -day language now um, and so I basically I kind of explained that in one of my um, paragraphs here it says the context in which I have existed has shaped the words I have twisted I've only used a language with school peers I do not have the tools to be the next Shakespeare and this one I'm kind of also critiquing the way I was taught French um, I do say that I only use language with school peers, but even that was a rare occurrence. It was mostly just the teacher speaking to us or us speaking to the teacher in French. And so therefore I did not have the tools to basically come to Montreal. I felt very unprepared to have these just regular conversations because of the language difference, even though it was still French, it was a different kind of French. And that I also tie into the social cultural theory where we look at like for example ethnic identity and we look at how your social context your cult cultural context of where you've learned a language does affect how you learn it and the way you use it so as i have learned a language um from second language french learners and it was only surrounded basically by second language french learners i never had exposure to um um french native speakers Therefore, when moving to the city, I was a bit of a shock because of how unprepared I felt to speak French here, um, and also how kind of difficult it was to integrate within these communities because I felt like an outsider. And this I kind of write um, in my text, in my poem, where, for example, I write... Um, as I'm saying, to become a French teacher, I reflect on different educational procedures. It's important for students to converse amongst themselves, to meet new people from farms to hotels. And when I say to meet new people from farms to hotels, it's also touching on the both theories because you want to be, I want to expose my students in the future to um, like just having conversations 
with different people in different contexts. Um, and that would affect like what you pick up from language too. If you're just um, speaking to these, this wide population throughout the whole time you're learning something, it's hard to kind of um, be able to maybe branch out, um, which is why I felt like such a shock here. Um, is also, I'm critiquing this poem um, about the ways that language is so divided that um, I write about sometimes how accents, which has to do with social cultural theory, where accents really do affect your learning. Um, there was actually a study done um, by Yasuyo Tomita in 2011, where um, she conducted a study about Japanese students learning English as a uh, in secondary school. And what she observed was these students would, for example, um, put on their accent or an emphasis on their accent when they were speaking English just so that they didn't look superior or like they were trying so hard. These Japanese students also avoided like meaning-based conversations in class um, and instead would uh, would engage mostly in conversations about grammar. And again, this is something I can relate to because um, when moving to Montreal, I often put on a fake French accent when speaking French just in order for people to continue the conversation with me. Because the instant that they hear me uh, speak French without like a French accent, I'm not taken seriously. And then um, that goes for all different languages. Accents play a huge role and they do play an actual divide in the communities like I am able to fit in to here just because of that accent. Um, and so we can see like how... Uh, students, they do change their identity and they are aware of their ethnic identity and teachers actually are also aware of this identity and they kind of fit these kids into different categories even before they are able to learn. And that identity does affect um, the way they're able to learn a language. So I know I went on a bit of a rant, but that is basically the theories um, that I were thinking about um, when I was writing this poem so yeah okay thank you so much you know um it's lovely to hear that I, I know a lot of our listeners would definitely relate to what you have just said um one part in the poem really touched me um if you would able, be able to elaborate on this it reads I live in a cage with walls I can't break it closes me in when speeches begin what if they know they know that I'm not from here? That's not how you use the expression, my dear. Could you please elaborate on what you mean by this? Yeah, so this basically um, was just like a true story of one of my experiences in a French class here at McGill where I um, had to speak French and the majority of the people I get, I think like there was only like two people in that class that weren't native French speakers. And so when I began speaking, it was as if um, I was very just aware of how I wasn't a native French speaker. And so what if they know that I'm not from here? I was like, they know I don't have that accent. They know I'm not using that expression. Um, and so I got very aware. And so it kind of felt like when I start speaking, it's like this cage with walls that I can't break this box that I'm in this category that I'm in, it suddenly becomes brutally aware to me that I'm there. 
and I can't break out of it. And so that's kind of had to do with my identity, with where I grew up, where I learned this language is like, I'm always going to be in that context and I'm always going to be seen in that context. Um, and so sometimes it's hard to, um, it's sometimes hard and intimidating to speak to others when you feel like you are in kind of this cage. And so I comment on um, that and a few other places in my poem where um often people are shamed for their accent, people are shamed for the slang they use. And I finally um, kind of close the poem off by saying, language is about adaptation evolution. One must never reach a final conclusion for the words they use and expressions they yell. The future of language is not something you can tell. And so the overarching theme of my poem was basically that to me, language should be fluid. Language is always evolving. Um, the younger generation is always coming up with new slang. And I don't ever think that language should be something that is exclusive, something that can be achieved and maintained or achieved and um, um, like withheld from other people. Um I think that language should always, always be um, uh, adapting to different situations. People should be open to others. And really, uh, language is something that is very beautiful. And I don't want to see, well, it breaks my heart to see um, people shaming others um, when having acquired a language is a beautiful thing and is an amazing thing. Um, and through learning about these acquisition theories, you learn about how deep it is, how complex it is to learn a language and how many different factors play into it. It's not, nobody is just a blank slate learning a language. Um, it's all these different things. Like I talked about the, uh, the environment you grew up in, the context you were in, who was speaking to you, who's speaking around you. Do these people have accents? What kind of accent? What is an accent? Um, are you using slang, things like that. And so um, that is basically what my poem is about. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having explained everything. Um, it was very touching to hear that. And I really, really hope that um, we'll have you soon again to maybe talk about another poem. Perfect, thank you so much. Okay, thank you.